Today, though, we have Aaron and Leanna. Leanna is joining me from the Hello and Goodbye podcast. We had so much fun on your pod and so much fun on my pod, so I decided to bring her on this pod. She is perfect. Her podcast is all about dating, relationships, and sex, so what better person to join me than hers? We have to introduce our amazing guest, Miss Natasha Besses. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you, Natasha? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be having some late night girl talk with you guys because it's always needed. Definitely. And I'm so excited that I get to be with Leanna, who's brand new for us tonight. Yes. And Erin, you and I have chatted before, so we have tons to catch up on. Yes, Yay. we go way back. And I just adore you so much. And I was so excited to have you on the pod. Oh, same. You are such a spicy, beautiful, sexy woman. <laughs> you are perfect for this podcast, right? She is. She Aww. is just glowing. Yes. Like, you're the best. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. Thank you. I have like this, my mascara is like in my eye. So, you know, as I have like a red teary eye, you guys are like, it's you're you glowing. You're amazing. And I'm like with one eye open. <laughs> it's real. Listen, I dressed up for you girls tonight. I wore my silk robe just for you because I was feeling all the girl late night vibes. So like a summer party up in here so yes well let's get into it Natasha tell us about how you grew up and about your first boyfriend oh god so I we're going back these are good stories so <laughs> I grew up in New York City um, I'm born and raised on the Upper East Side and um, my mother is Chilean my father's French so I kind of grew up in a very non-American household the way I was raised was you know, very open-minded whenever I had, you know, later when I had boyfriends in, you know, in my early twenties, I, I, you know, I had my room and sometimes my boyfriends would be like, Oh, I'm going to sleep over. And I'd be like, yeah, come sleep over in my room. And my boyfriend would be like, he was, um, brought up very religious. So his parents taught him like, you cannot sleep with this woman until you're married, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we're 20 years old. We're not going to get <laughs> married to have sex. Like, that's not a thing. Right. I mean, for us, at least for me. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> He would sleep on the couch. My dad, being so French, would come down and be like, um, why are you on my couch? He's like, well, I just want to respect your daughter. I don't want to be in her room, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't need you on my couch. I want to come down and sit on my couch and watch TV. Go in her room oh. and just be a normal boyfriend. So, like, that was my growing up vibe with my with my parents. My mom was more like, I have a machete in my back pocket. If you screw up anything, I'm coming for you. Oh gosh. We, we, <laughs> we have a country house we'd go to on the weekends when I was younger. And, and whenever I had a boyfriend come with my mom, be like, pick a tree to the boyfriend. He's like, why? What's going on? If you fuck up, this is where you're going to be buried, <laughs> under this tree. So just make sure, like very Latina vibes, oh, you know? wow. So he's like, oh, oh okay. It's lovely to meet you, Miss Misses. Like it's, you know. So I had like a lot of that opposite of like my dad's like, do what you want, do what you please, like live your life. My mom's like, I'll cut you. So wow. my first, <laughs> so my boyfriends were always very confused. And that's so interesting. That's so unique. Cause I feel like the wow. dads are always like the ones that, you know. So people would tell me like, I'm scared of your dad. I was like, don't be scared of my dad. Be scared of my mom. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. Oh my gosh. And growing up, was sex talked about a lot in your family? or A lot, a lot. You know, we were actually, I'm, I'm very grateful for that, actually, because nothing was really taboo. You know, we were raised in a very, I mean, look, 
with that European mentality, this is the only country that doesn't, well, maybe not the only, but one of the only countries that doesn't show like breasts on commercials mm -hmm. or doesn't show, you know, uh, sex scenes uh, without it being rated R. Right. You know, in French TV, you see a shower commercial with like a body lotion and you see the woman's breast like showering in mm. the shower. So for us, it was never like a taboo thing. You know, my mom would sunbathe topless and my dad was yeah. walking around in his underwear when we were kids, yeah. you know, like it was never a thing that was like, we mustn't talk about this. Right. So, you know, at the dinner table, we would make jokes about it or, or laugh about it. And I was really, I'm still, I'm really close with my mom. So, you know, we talk about girl things and I'd be like, mom, there's this thing. And she's like, oh, tell me about it. And we, you know, we'd have our girl talk yeah. about certain things. So it was never uncomfortable. We were always taught to be really mindful of our bodies, you know, never do anything that you don't feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Always respect yourself. Never let anyone do something that you don't want to do. It was very much like girls are the ones who carry the power. You know, it's like we are the that. ones who are allowed to say yes or no, how we want it, when we want it, when we don't want it. So I, that was always my mentality. It's like boys will always want it. And it's kind of our job to be like, nah, <laughs> I'm not ready or I don't want it or I'm not in the mood or whatever the reason is, that's yeah. enough. You know? I feel like I'm supposed so, to say that, but I just never do. I'm just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Listen, if you want it, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, then you right, should be right. like, cool, we're all on the same page here. But if there's yeah. ever a feeling of like, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18 because okay. I definitely wanted to wait for the right person. And for me, I'm a very emotionally connected girl. Like I need to have, I need to have love in order to be, you know, physical yeah. with someone. Yeah, so I, I waited till I was 18 and I dated him for a year before no. anything happened between us. And, um, and it was perfect. Like oh. we got a hotel room oh. and we made it really romantic. And I was oh. like, okay, it's going to happen. Like it was very planned that. and I made the decision and, you know, we were all on the same page. He had already, you know, he was a year older than me, so he had more experience yeah. than I did. did you, so I, you know, I trusted him. Did you great. enjoy it? I know sometimes the first I time. I did. Did you? I was nervous. Awesome. I was nervous. You know, you hear all these horror stories with these girls oh, being like, yeah. I was bleeding and I was in pain and I was, I hated it. I was like, this is lovely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I want to know what you did up to that point. Like what were all the other things that you guys were doing? Nothing. Oh, we really didn't nothing. do anything. I was like very... I was very much like, we're going to save it until I'm ready for it. Like, we made out, you know, I, I mean, might like, have seen it. Hand job? I might have touched it. But... <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I was going to say. <laughs> but not even, because at that point, you don't know really what you're doing, you know? Right. So it's kind of yeah. like just a lot of making out and rubbing up on each other. But yeah, it wasn't until that point where I was like, oh, okay, let's, you know, let's have some fun here. It's experiment. almost like... A, like having your trigger on a gun you know what I mean like you know what's going to happen once you kind of get that engine started or it could yeah I mean I was I was never someone who was like ready to go I was right I always wanted to take my time yeah. I always was very much like okay I'm ready for this now I'm gonna wait and I'll be ready for this yeah and I'm not ready for this until I'm ready for that you know it took me a few boyfriends to <laughs> To be like comfortable with certain things where I was not maybe with the previous That's ones, smart. you know, so yeah. I think it just took me time to be like, okay, this is what I want. And then now, you know, um, in my mid thirties, I'm like, I'm open for all the fun and mm -hmm. you, you trust mm -hmm. yourself at this point. There's never anything where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to feel or, you know, 
You right. kind of go through all those funny steps in the beginning, like in your early 20s with guys who are like, I like this. And you're like, I really don't like that. Yeah. Or they're like, yeah. you know, or, or you're like, I kind of like this. And you tell them and they're like, okay, let's try it. And you're like, I don't like it with yeah. you. I liked it with this other person. <laughs> you know, so there's yeah. so many things that you have to go through, which is oh, funny. Sure. And even as, you know, a woman in their prime time, um, not that there is a prime time for women. We're prime <laughs> yes. at all times. Yes, but Love that. <laughs> But it's more so, you know, you just have to find the right partner who wants and understands you. Yeah. You know, not so much like, oh, you like this and I like this. Let's do it together. You know, it doesn't work that way. Right. Like it, you might like that with a different partner and not with mm -hmm. the current partner. Yeah. And it just will never be the same. So, yeah, it's just about learning each other. Liana, I am curious, how old were you? So I was 22 when I lost my virginity. Okay. How old were you, Liana? Do you mind sharing? I think I was, this is so crazy because Natasha, I was going to say, I love that you grew up in this culture where it wasn't taboo. And like, because of that, you were able to kind of create your identity of like how you felt around it first. And then it's kind of like, you know, when like, you can't drink alcohol, right? So in high school, you're binge drinking, you're getting totally. drunk. And um, whereas <laughs> like there's kids that grow up, especially in Europe, where you can drink a little earlier. That's exactly how we had our, our childhood. We, we were like 10 years old. Every, we were having wine at the dinner table. They're right. like, have a sip. And I'm like, okay, I'll have a sip. And yeah. I'm like, bah, not for me. <laughs> so I was never one of those kids who was like, I can't wait to have a drink and get drunk. I've gotten drunk once in my entire life. I promised myself it would never happen again because I hated the way I felt. Oh so it was like always that feeling of like mm -hmm. being in control mm. of of what you do with your own body, you know. And so because nothing was off limits, they were like, you, you want to have yeah. a sip? Have a sip. Try it. I'm not going to get drunk with my parents off a sip of alcohol if right. I'm at, with right. wine exactly. at home for dinner. Right. You know, it's only when you abuse things when things are not fun. So yeah. it's the same exact thing because we had it so freely. It was never like, I'm going to have sex with everything that, <laughs> you know, it was, it was really planned and thought. And it was very much like I wanted to protect what I, mm -hmm. what I wanted to protect, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I wish that I had had that because my experience was grew up very religious and I was also told not to have sex till marriage. And so then my first boyfriend, of course, we had sex. I was 19. And then we got married because of it. And now I'm in my mid-30s yeah. divorced. But, um, that, you know, there's a lot of other things that came with that. But, yeah, I was 19. and It's a learning process. It's crazy. You know, I think it also at certain times with certain people, mentalities are so different. Like our parents had different mentalities. Their parents had different mentalities because of how they were raised. So it's like, I just believe in everyone should do what's mm -hmm. best for them. You know, like if you are really religious and you really want to save yourself for that person, when you get married with that person, great. Like that's yeah. really great. Cause you're both on the same page. Mm -hmm. That's what both what you want, you know, but there's pros and cons to both, to both things. Sometimes you meet that person at that time and you're like, I thought this would be different. <laughs> and now I'm in this situation that I was sort of kind of forced into right. that wasn't my decision. It was sort of a decision that was, you know, imposed on me through beliefs that might not have been mine from the start, you know, and then you're like caught up in this position where you're like, oh crap, now what do I do? <laughs> um, but 
you know, that's the beauty of life. You get to learn each step of the way. And that doesn't mean that the other way is good either. Losing your virginity, being like, yeah, do what you want. And then you do it. And you're like, wow, I really regretted that because I, right. I should have thought about it more. Or, right. You know, so I think it's just yeah. you got to just feel it out. And, and that's what's hard because you got pressure from so many different things when you're in that age. You know, yeah. all my friends lost virginity at like 15, 14. Same. They were like, oh, I did it in a bathroom of a, yeah. this place. And the other <laughs> yeah. one's like, I did it in a hotel room with this older guy. And I, was, I was like, oh, I'm hearing all these stories. And they're like, when did you do it? And I was like, um, <laughs> like I was embarrassed to share that I was still a virgin, you know? Aww. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the yeah. right thing. And, and I was really happy that I did. But it's, it's hard to have that kind of support at that age, you know? It's hard. But Leanna, thank you for sharing that because I think like sharing your virginity story, like that's really important. And it's funny because I almost still feel a little shame from mine because I was so old, but I'm like, why? That's so stupid. That just was when I wanted to do that. And had I given it away to someone prior, that would not have been a good idea because my my ex-boyfriend actually died in the line of duty. (gasps) He was a police officer. So can you imagine oh, if I had so lost sorry. my virginity as someone who then died? Like, could you imagine how, you know, attached I would have been? I mean, that would have been, whew. Yes. Yes. That's so, rough. That's so rough. That was a blessing. Yeah. Oh. I know. Bless his heart. Poor guy. He didn't have sex for two years before he died. Poor guy. Oh, no. Because he was, because he was with me. <laughs> oh, my God. The fact that you have that, that's like a point of like, well... Man died without sex. I feel two very years bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like most of us during the pandemic. Right. That's you know? true. That is true. <laughs> we'll move on to, you know, present day, Natasha. So you we did talk a little bit offline. You are single right now. You said you're dating. Let's talk about what you're looking for in your guy. Or are you right now casually dating right now? Or are you looking for your husband? No, I never casually date. Okay. I'm like I'm like, a, I'm a relationship girl. I could not casually date if I wanted to. Like, I'm <laughs> incapable of it. Okay. No, I'm definitely someone who wants the real thing. Like, I want all the parts. Like, if it's just for sex, like, I'm so bored. I'm bored to tears. Right. So I took a year off of dating, not just from the pandemic, but I came out of a very toxic, abusive relationship mm. a few years ago, about, about two years ago. And I really needed a lot of time to heal from that. And so I took about a year of just kind of being by myself and not really focusing on boys and then started feeling like myself again, finally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, the dating process was, was interesting because I got to really explore more about myself. Like I got to see how I was on each date. Yeah. And like the first date that I had gone on after having that really abusive situation I was super cold and I was super dry. So like on this date, I'm like pretty much like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, and right. Like I wasn't like flirty and warm and like, Engaged. oh, tell me more, you yeah. know? I was like, everything turned me off. He was like, oh, I went to MIT and I was, oh, you're like, you know, my first job was at oh, the CIA. Lord. I was like, uh-huh, <laughs> and like I was just so unimpressed. I was like, if I hear one more thing about how fabulous you yeah. are, I'm going to vomit. I don't blame you. You know, like for me also, I mean, that might have just been not a great date, but for me, on a date, I want the guy to feel like he's not there just, like, reading off his resume. Yeah. Like, you're there to get to know each other. Absolutely. Like, I ask questions to get to know you. You ask questions to get to know me. It's not just you being like, I did this, this, and this. I'm like, I'm not here to tell you all the things that I've done, like, in my career. I'm here to right. find out what kind of person you are. Exactly. Good for you. So my attitude was very, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, whatever, like, next. 
And so every guy, I was kind of like getting in the zone, like, all right, I'm going to be warmer next time. I'm going to be cooler next time. You know, I've been reading these books and I've been taking these courses where it's kind of just like, okay, so it's going to sound crazy. So there's, (laughs) there's so many aspects of dating that we don't understand like that's in front of us, you know, like it's a lot of nuances. It's a lot of, for me, it's so hard to go the direction of like nouveau dating, like feminist dating, like I'll split the bill with you dating. I'll take myself to the place dating. Like I want to learn kind of from the old school books, Mm -hmm. the ones that are more like, you're the man, I'm the woman. This is our dynamic. I, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I need to feel a certain way. And it's hard to kind of like put it in black and white because it is a little bit like, I mean, it's a little sexist, I think, like in that way of like, you do this, I do this. But that's, that's like how it works. You know, like we have to be there's only one female and there's one male in a heterosexual relationship, yeah. right? Which is the only thing that I know. But, you know, for me, I really need to feel that feminine energy when I'm with a man and I need him to have the masculine energy. Because mm-hmm. there's been so many times in my business that I need to have masculine energy. Because, you know, as a woman in business, you have to put up like, this is these are my boundaries. These are yeah. my rules. This is what we're doing. You're like, boom, boom, boom. You're dealing with a lot of men at work. You're doing, yeah. you know you're a little harsh. So when you deal with a man romantically, you kind of bring that energy and it does not benefit you. Like it just, it just doesn't bring you where you want to be. Cause then you start attracting more feminine men Mm -hmm. or maybe more like, you know, men that aren't going to take control. And you're like, why am I not attracted to him? It's like, yeah, cause he's not your type. You know, we want that masculine or at least a very feminine woman wants a very masculine man Mm -hmm. and maybe a more, you know, a male dominated woman wants a more feminine man. So you have to find your match. And for me, I'm a very feminine woman, but I am an alpha female. So it's hard for me to find the guy that's like uber manly alpha male while still catering to Mm -hmm. letting me be me in the times that I need to be me. So it's interesting. You say you're alpha and you're looking for alpha. What's wrong with me, right? Well, like, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Because you really want that opposite. You know, you really want that. True. Right. But there's so many sides of a woman that I think that we tend to be like, I'm this way, and that's the only way that I am. I am very alpha in business. Like when it comes to work, when it comes to friends, when it comes to you know, like I'm the one who makes the decisions. I'm the one who plans the parties. I'm the one who's like, let's do this. I'm the one. You know, and in work, I'm always the one like in charge of my band or in charge of whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, but when it comes to relationships romantically, I don't want to be in charge. You know, okay. I want the man to take charge. I want him to make the plans and throw me around and, you know, tell me what to do. Like, that's what I think okay. you need okay. in certain aspects romantically. So that's what yeah. I mean by like going back kind of old school yeah. in that sense of like the woman needs to feel courted. The woman right. needs to feel feminine and sexy and mm-hmm. passionate and all those things that we don't yeah. normally feel in a non-romantic relationship. And that's why it's been, it's so hard because men these days are like, well, you know, well, we can split the bill or you, well, I'll meet you at the restaurant. It's like, no, I want you to pick me up. Yeah. I want to get dressed. Yeah. I want us to go to a nice place. You know, like I don't, he's like, I like when they're like, you choose a spot. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> so I go to places I've never tried before or, you know, they care about what you like as opposed to just being like, I'm picking, this is what we're doing, you know. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so yeah. many I've been yeah. following this guy called Create the Love. I literally just reposted some. Groves. Mark, Mark Groves. Is it Mark Groves? Create yeah. the Love? I just love him so much. You have, Erin, you have to follow oh, this guy. Yeah. It's like, 
he is just wonderful, wonderful. And it really talks a lot about, you know, your boundaries and what you're willing to allow when you're dating, what you're not, the green flags, the red yeah, flags. Yeah. And so it's been putting things in perspective. So I I've been that. I've been enjoying my dating experience. It's been some great things, some bad things. Well, I think it's good to set expectations too, and especially in the very beginning, because I did that with my now husband. And I think that that really helped us kind of stay on the right path and let him know my intentions. I knew his intentions from the get, because I literally told him on the first so date, important. you know, if you aren't on board with this plan of mine, totally fine. We can have a nice dinner. I'll never see you again. Like, I'm just not going to waste my time. And, you know, yeah. he enjoyed me and, and thought, that's a good plan. I kind of like that plan. Let's see where this goes. And we were literally together that. from that first date. You know, I, I had a roster and I literally kicked them all off the next day. You know, I'm like, sorry, guys. <laughs> he blows that's all of you away. Right? I love that. I love that. And that's the yeah. thing. So many people get into dating with like, oh, I don't know what I want. Or, yeah, I want this, but they really want something else. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was dating a guy for a few weeks who was like, yeah, I really want a relationship. I want to get to know you. Da, da. Yet he was only making moves that were very much like, when can I sleep over? Or uh, I don't want to take you to dinner because we had dinner the other night. Let's just oh, watch a movie no. in bed. And I'm just like, ew. Action. Like that doesn't show me that you want a real relationship mm -hmm. or you want to get to know me. That shows me you want one thing yeah. and it's turning me off. Good like for it just you. doesn't. Unless Good I wanted that you. one thing too, which, you yeah. know, and then it's would have been nice. beneficial and that in the right. right, exactly. But I never feel good when it's like that. I'm always yeah. like, Ugh, well, no, because you're like in that crap. state of your life where you're looking for, like you said, your husband. So of course you don't. Yeah. You know, you've had yeah. that, right? You want yeah. this better thing. Yeah. Um, but I have a question. The toxic relationship that you're referring to, did that happen mm -hmm. prior to Listen to Your Heart or right after Listen to Your Heart? Prior. Got yeah. it. So okay. basically going on Listen to Your Heart was like my sign from the universe that I needed to step away from that relationship. I was in so much pain emotionally from that relationship that I literally prayed like days before I prayed. I was like, please send me something, send me a sign, send wow. me a, something to, to like force me to get out of this thing. Cause it was so awful. And like the next day I got an email from a producer being like, are you, are you single? Do you want to be this on this music show? And I was like, this yes, is it. Yes. Yes, I do. Please. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now I always ask people when they talk about a toxic relationship, was that person, do you feel in your heart, was that person a narcissist? Yes. Almost always, yes. <laughs> yes. No. I, I, and the thing is, is I had done so much research after we broke up on um, NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder, mm -hmm. and I was blown away by how textbook some of the things that I went through was, you know, and I thought I was the only, I literally thought I was going crazy mm -hmm. in this relationship. I had bent over backwards. I was empty as a person. Like I had nothing left in my soul to give right. and it was never mm -hmm. enough. Like it was so abusive on so many levels mm -hmm. that I don't so wish sorry. it upon anyone. Mm -hmm. Reading about it and learning about it was the best thing I could have ever done right. because I, I followed so many different therapists that dealt specifically with that kind of abuse and read books about it and, and you know, told myself mm -hmm. like, this isn't my fault. Like, Wow. You know, I think when you're, I'm a very empathetic person. So when something doesn't work, I try everything to fix it. 
And it was like, when you do that, it, I was in this restaurant for three years. Oh, we had a home together in the Netherlands. I actually moved to the Netherlands to make the relationship work. I, I almost quit my job here. I was like, oh, I'll mm -hmm. tell them eventually. And yeah, like I got, I almost got rid of my apartment. Like I moved mm -hmm. everything. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, for the things in the new place, moving all my things. I tried to get work out there. Like everything was a mind game. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, you're never enough. You're never going to do good enough. Yeah. It was constant negative talk. I, and I was going crazy because at that point you start realizing like maybe I, you start believing this person, you know, after, oh, after yeah. years of hearing it, mm -hmm. my confidence was shot. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you know yourself to a certain point. I did not recognize myself. My family didn't recognize me. My friends didn't recognize me. I was starting to lose focus about who I was, what I, you know, I was angry all the time. I was yeah. frustrated. I was depressed, massively depressed. I was crying for everything. Yeah. It was like, who am I? And as soon as I got out of that and I kind of, I mean, I'm on no contact now. That's the, I mean, whoever's listening, who's mm -hmm. in a relationship with someone who makes them feel like this, no the contact. only way to save yourself is no contact. That is Absolutely. the only way. Yep. Unless, of course, you have children, and which in that point, it should only be like through another person that contact. Mm -hmm. Like, there should never be direct contact. It is like a soul eating relationship mm -hmm. that it is, it is a never ending, so easily. Yeah. never ending roller coaster. Yeah. And I always thought, like, oh, if I just did this one thing, I could fix it, or I could be better, or this could change it, or this. Mm -hmm. It was always, it would go right back around to yeah. the same thing over and over and over to the point where I lost my mind. And yeah. I, wow. You know, it wasn't until I saw all the proof of the cheating and the lying and, you know, he physically abused me at times. Mm -hmm. um, and then he would say that, like, I was jealous or insecure, whatever they could say to yeah, make you yeah. feel like you're a crazy person. Yep. But it was just after that, I just prayed for a nice man. I was like, I just want a nice man in my life, someone who's just going to look at me and just be like, I care for you and I'm and they're going to show it with like actions. Yeah. And, and feel lucky to be with you, right? Yeah, just like mm -hmm. in their eyes mm -hmm. seeing like wow, Absolutely. I'm I feel I'm I appreciate you, yeah. you know? I didn't have that for so long. Guys don't realize how much that matters, like mm -hmm. those little things. Mm -hmm. Of like, oh, you smell so nice or you're prettier, whatever it is. It just feels it's so true. Just feels lovely. Um, so I was raised by a narcissistic mother. So oh, I, yeah. I'm so sorry. I left, so sorry. I mean, in my teens, I had zero self-esteem, never thought I was attractive, smart, capable, anything. She never empowered me. She took everything away. She was extremely so jealous sorry. of me, never was proud of me, you know, for yeah. all the accomplishments. And, and I was a very good student. I was a very good daughter, honestly. I raised her four kids, mm. you know, so <laughs> never got any kudos for that. And um, you're right. No contact is the best way because four years ago, she basically sent an email and said, have a nice life. I don't want you in my life anymore. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. The best thing. I'm so sorry, Erin. It's, it's, okay. it's awful because you. you really don't understand it until you're out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in it, you fully believe it. Yeah. And I totally can relate to that feeling of just like, this must be it. This is life. Like, I'm worth nothing. Exactly. When you're out, you start realizing, I don't need anyone besides me to, to love me. And right. to, when you, you know, you have to learn how to love yourself oh, again. Yeah. And that takes that time. That took a long time. But you know, when I finally found my husband, I always said, like, I wanted to see myself through his eyes because he did see, you know, my beauty and my intelligence and all of those things that I had to offer. And I can 
and I want to cry every time I think about it. But I can now say I feel the same way about myself because of him. He saved me. You yeah. know, not that yeah. I needed saving, it's but beautiful. I saved myself. Right. But he yeah. was such right. a catalyst in that. And just to have someone who believes in me, thank God, you know, he came into my life and he gave me all those things that my mom never did. And that I that I do have that in my in my world, you know, and that I can give that to my daughter, too. You have to think about how that's all you because sometimes when you have narcissistic abuse, you go back into that pattern consistently. So you could have picked a man Mm -hmm. that is just like your mother and that treated you like that consistently because that's all you knew. That's the thing. Like you did that. You picked him. You know, like you picked the right person and you did the healing you need to do to have him come to you and you come to him. Like it doesn't happen (laughs) overnight. You can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna pick a better person this time. Like I, this wasn't my first narcissist and I didn't realize that until this last one where I was like, that other guy was very much like that. I had men tell me no one will ever love you like I do. Your parents Mm -hmm. don't even love you. Like things like that. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? And then. Yeah, it's you don't realize it until you're sort of out of it because you're like, what? How? How does this make any sense? No, it's it's, it's so crazy. crazy. And I have to say, this podcast is magical because Dustin met he thinks his future wife oh, wow. potentially right after he did our podcast. So I'm telling you, there's something in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but Leanna, I, it could. It's gonna work. <laughs> Leanna, you're next. <laughs> Both of you girls. Yeah. Right after we released this podcast, boom. He, he found her, so yeah. you never know. I just think you need to realize, like, what's important to you? Like, what do you really want? And I, right. for me, it's always worked to kind of, like, ask the universe. Yes. You always forget things sometimes. You're like, I want it to be this, this, and this. And you're like, shit, I should have said that one thing that I, he's not, you know? Right. But all I asked was, like, I just want someone who's kind and who's loving and who's thoughtful and romantic yeah. and patient and supportive, you know, supportive in all ways. Have you written down those traits. I do. I write them all down. I write everything down. That's important. It is. It is. Because then you can read it, reread it. That's right. And then edit it. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, this isn't important to me or this is, you know, you want like, oh, you want them to be, you know, attractive, but you're also like, well, I don't, you know, it's not the most important, you, what, right? Attraction is so different for each person, yes, you know? Yes. So it's like if you write attractive down, the universe doesn't understand what kind of attractive it right. is. Like what's attractive to you is not attractive to me or, yeah. you know, so you have to be like super specific. Yes. Like I, I want him to want a family. I want him to want, That's right. you know, a family with me. I want him to want, yep. you know, and I a love... family with only me, you know, <laughs> yeah, like <right>. details. <laughs> details. That's really good. I always tell my clients to do wants and needs, you know, like the needs yeah. are those things that are non-negotiable. Like if you really want yeah. kids, he's got to want kids too, right? Or that's just not going right. to work. But if you're putting in the wants, it'd be nice for him to be six feet tall. Does he have to be? Yeah. No. You know, my husband isn't, but that didn't mean that he wasn't the right one for me, right? Yeah. So right. you do have to have an open mind as well. But I love hearing Completely. that. Manifest, manifest, manifest. Yep. I'm all about it. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm.